I have run it's episode five of Studs Up, brought to you by Oddschecker and Skybet. And once again, we are combining the worlds of horse racing and football on our road to the Cheltenham Festival. As always, my Studs Up strike partner is alongside me in the Studs Up dressing room, Charlie Austin. And another good week for QPR, Chaz. Uh, how's it gone your end? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Four points out of, the, out of six. It was OK. Good win at the weekend. And... We picked up a point away to Preston Wednesday night, which was hopefully will be an important one come the end of the season. Do you know what? I was looking at the table now. Are you are you guys in the camp now thinking about trying to nick into the playoffs as opposed to looking over your shoulder? That's not, no, that's what I mean. You get people like you and presenters and all stuff start shouting that about. There's no need for it. We just take one game at a time and see how far we can go. Do you know what I mean? You don't need people like you shouting, oh, can you get to the playoffs? We'll attack that position when we get six or seven games later on. But in all seriousness, uh, and maybe you were being serious there, but but actually, <laughs> I think you were. Uh, but <laughs> but a lot of the footballers come out and say, take one game at a time and all that. But yeah. is it is it better to focus on one game at a time rather than setting your sights too high or looking too far into the future? No, because everyone's now scared what people are going to say after it. No, look, we are you have you have to set yourself goals, and I mean ours is ours is to win football match like everybody. Of course, we want to get to the playoffs. That would, would be perfect, you know what I mean? But there's plenty of football left to play and we got to win football matches, mate. We play a lot of teams around us at the moment. So look, the next few weeks are going to not define our season, but certainly put us in a position to push for the last little bit. I'd say that there about the few weeks defining the season for a lot of the horses, and we had some great racing at the weekend. These are the last few moments that potentially might define their season with one eye on Cheltenham. We've got lots to talk about in the world of racing. We saw some terrific horses in action last weekend. We've got some really good racing coming up this weekend, including the Ida chase from Newcastle. And that leads me very nicely into this week's special studs up star guest because I'm delighted to say that Newcastle midfielder John Joe Shelby is joining us for episode five. John Joe, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Pleasure to be on. Firstly, we'll get on to your love of racing later because I know you've owned a few horses um, in your time. Perhaps you don't want me to bring up how successful they were, but I know you've been involved in racing throughout your life. But um, just tell us, obviously, um, Newcastle, um, things aren't going great, it would seem, but what's the atmosphere like in the camp at the moment? Yeah. People was there every day that you'd like think that we was obviously top of the league and like we're still laughing and joking and and there's still a good atmosphere around the around the, the training ground and the results have not been there but we seem to win a couple and then and then lose three or four on the spin and I think it's getting that level of consistency that we that we obviously need to uh, to climb up the table but there's still a long way to go and. We're confident we can stay up. Yeah, John Joe, you know when you say you go in every day, like in train, everyone's happy and listen, you laugh and joke. You need to almost block out the outside noise, mate, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Because everyone, like you say, have, will have their opinion on Newcastle, but only you, the staff, and the rest of the players will know if you can you can get out of this mess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, over everywhere I've been and at clubs in the past, there's always negativity from the outside of yeah. in, in the press and in the media but at the end of the day they're not the ones that are out on the pitch do you know what I mean they're they're just commentating on on what's going on on, on the pitch but everyone knows in at that training ground and at who's who's there at the club that we've got a good enough squad and we keep things in-house and we're just trying to trying to fight for it and everyone knows what's at stake do you know what I mean so 
we know we've got what we've got to do and how we've got to go about it. I'll tell you what, mate. One thing you said there to keep everything in house that is important, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because you see a lot of things get leaked everywhere. Then as soon as that happens, that that's when problems start, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it's happened at other clubs I've been at where things get out to the press and and then it becomes a bit awkward over the training ground because you're guessing who's done it and who's 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 not done it. But at the end of the day, we're We've got a good group of lads. There's a good core of us that have been there for a while, so we know what the club's about and and what's expected of us. And you see it, John Joe, day in day out. We we don't get into that camp, but but do you believe in this squad and do you believe in the manager and do you think you will stay up? Yeah, I mean the season's been very weird in in anyway. I mean teams have been beating all sorts. You know, I mean Sheffield United go away to Man U and and win. I mean we was in the game up until sixty minutes the other day and. But there's plenty enough in our squad, and we've obviously we had a big blow. Obviously, Callum Wilson getting getting injured the other day. He's been our main threat for goals, but it's just is what it is. Someone's got obviously come in, step up to the plate, and and we've got to go and do it. Uh, well, let's talk about your career now because it's been a, a, an amazing career. Actually, you burst onto the scene at such a young age, and I, I know you don't do loads of media. Um, so we're very grateful that you're joining us here on Studs Up to talk through your your life in football. Um, were you were you always destined, given when you burst onto the scene, you made your debut at Charlton as a as a young teenager, etc. Were, were you always destined to be a footballer? Yeah, I mean, as from the age of like 13, 14, I I sort of tossed school off, if you like, and didn't really go. <laughs> into, I didn't really go into school, and even the days I was meant to be at school, I didn't didn't go I was always training at Cholton and luckily made my debut um, just turned 16 and then I I actually went to school next day to try and give it a bit of big licks around the school but um, you you sort of you you sort of know and you get a feel if you're gonna if you're gonna make it or not and I was just one of them fortunate players to, to be in that position such early on but I feel like I've been around for years now so I've known you was at Charlton, like you get into that first bit, mate, and only getting through that first team. Anyone yeah. like look up? Did the lads look after you there when you went in there? Yeah, I mean, I had a good, good uh, group to be fair. Obviously, you had Matty Holland and, and people like that, and Dion Burton. Yeah. And, and there's a, I remember like my, obviously, I didn't drive, did I? So my dad, he had like this little red Corsair, and like he would obviously take me in, and I was got given the number seven shirt, so you had to park in your yeah. bay. So he's parked in number seven and like, you know, when, yeah. you know, when you start warming up and you have to do the jog round and that. And some, yeah. uh, someone's seen, someone's tapped me on the shoulder as I walked, uh, jogging round and said, is that your old man over there? And he was nicking balls that had been fucking uh, pinged everywhere and he's putting them in the back, <laughs> of, putting them in the back of his, back of his motor for his club, yeah, for his club back home. I'm like, I have to tell him, Dad, you can't, you can't do that, mate. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, mate. Hey, remember, John Joe, remember when I played, literally, this was just before you was getting your, got obviously you're moving that because you was obviously only like 17 when you was at Charlton. Remember yeah. when we played the 2-2 against Swindon, Boxing Day, and yeah. Sodji got sent off down to yeah, nine yeah. men. You scored uh, that day, unbelievable goal. Yeah. I remember my dad saying to me, my dad saying to me, at 17, the guy just ran box to box for 90 minutes. And obviously, yeah. mate, you, you went on to use the best player on the pitch that day. Then I discovered uh, fast food and, and alcohol. 
<laughs> like them all, mate. Like them all. But you know, when you're like 17, and then you're getting that like the clubs, the interest. You know what I mean? What What yeah. are you thinking? You go from your old man. You go for your old man to bring your training, your red courser, to then all of a sudden Liverpool are there sniffing I remember you to the, go. The day, the day before I got told about Liverpool, we uh, broke down at the Dartford Toll. My you and your my, man? Yeah, in one of his cars. And I weren't driving still. And he, um, he rang my uncle and obviously got him to come and put us on the tro tuck. But we couldn't get the tro tuck through the, through, the, through the toll without putting it on the car on the thing. So I'm at, they're about to shut the Dartford toll and I'm pushing the fucking car across the Dartford toll uh, as you go through the barriers. <laughs> and then he goes to me, then he goes to me, when we get in the in the tow truck, come on, I'll, we'll take we'll still take you into training on the tow truck. And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going in. <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll ring in sick. But um, yeah, then the next day they they pulled me in, and uh, Richard Murray was the chairman then, and he said, uh, uh, "Who's your favourite player?" And I said, "Gerard." And he said that you're going to be playing with him next year. And I was just like, "Oh, so I'm sold, yeah." But then uh, it was brilliant. How much was was Steven Gerrard a factor in you actually going to Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, he was the reason why I sort of went went there, and and you just wanted to learn from him, and like you're just in awe of him. Do you know what I mean? Like as a young kid, and I mean, you've played against him, Char, and he's he's just different, different gear, and even the way he conducts himself around the around the training ground and off the pitch, he was just just spot on, just someone to learn learn from. You know, when you see him on the pitch and everybody sees him off the pitch, it's good that you say that because everybody can see him as the captain and the captain of Liverpool Football Club when he's on the pitch. But at the training ground and stuff, was he very good for you then? Obviously, you've gone there 17, 18, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he obviously liked the game of golf and he'd always invite you to go and play golf. And, and as a young lad, like I'd gone from living in a council estate, like I was still living in the council estate playing for Cholton. But you yeah. then you go and live in like a big ass in, in Liverpool and and you're on, up there on your own and you've got no one around and he's constantly trying to help, help you out, tell you where to go and, and stuff like that. And it was your idol at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? And like yeah. I'd be you just it's just being in the same room as him and, and stuff like that, just trying to pick up little little things, but he'd always help you out on the pitch or, or off it, yeah. Did you get starstruck? I did a little I did a little bit, but then going back to what my, my dad like grilled into me is like You've earned your right to be in the room with them, so go and mm. go and prove 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 why you are. And I think, mate, you earn their respect by go and show your yeah. stuff and it doing that yeah. stuff. Because I think, I think Ollie, you get cool. more people, don't you? Go there, and then they like, oh, they're in awe of you, and then you you don't show what you're actually there to do. I think you've got to be fearless. Yeah, hundred percent. I think as a footballer, you've got to be fearless. You can't let anything anything fade you. Did you live near him? Yeah, I lived. Well, I didn't at first, and then I lived lived next door to him. But um, I mean, I had a spell where I was I was single at the time for about three, four months, and he um, like my my brother lived with me and and one of my pals, and we'd obviously there'd be quite a few birds knocking around and and things like that. But you'd um, he'd come in the next day and say you need to. Uh, all I can hear is high heels walking up the up the drive and that and, <laughs> and just, 
I'm just sitting there giggling, like, do you know what I mean? He said, you're getting me in trouble with my missus. I keep staring out the window. <laughs> That's what, he's probably, well, he's probably wanting to see what you're up to, mate. But no, it was, it was good. And like, even like living, living next door to him, you'd, you'd share lifts in and, and stuff like that. And it was just mad. Do you know what I mean? And mm. it was just surreal, really. Chaz, what, who was your idol growing up? Did you have a player like that that you looked up to? I just like Shearer, goal scorer, wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? So that that was it. And when I was linked with Newcastle, I spoke to him a couple of times and I just thought, this is going to be the one I'm going to go there and try and follow in his in his footsteps. But that was about it. When you play against... John just fortunately, like you say, his idol was Gerard. He, played, he trained with him every day and learned from him. When you go up against people that you've watched for so many years on the telly, all you think about is um, just trying to impress just try and impress them. As much as you've got a job to do, try and impress them, earn their respect. As much as you respect them, if there's a ball there to be won, you've got to go for it. And he, John Joe, when you're training and stuff like that, was that was your mindset of thinking, right, I've respect Gerard and I respect the lads in there, but the only way they're going to respect me is if I go do exactly the same that got me to this position. Yeah, I mean, I even if like someone would try and tell like try and tell me something or or any this could be anyone. I'd always, if I felt that was the wrong thing to do, then I'd say, no, I'm going to do this. And that was yeah. just the way, that was just the way I've been brought up. Like, I'd just say, say, no, no, this is the way I'm going to do it. And stuff like that. I've always had something to say, if you like. And I've always, I'm not, I'm not sort of a yes man, but if I realise that they're speaking sense and I, what I think is stupid, then I'd take their advice on board. But yeah, I, I, as a player, I always wanted to play with him and then play against him. Because then I I could actually judge myself on how good I really am. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And luckily, like, fortunately, I've got 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 to do that. Uh, the question I've got to ask though is probably not that highbrow, but see when Gerard was going, you've got to rein it in when the women are coming up and down your driveway. Would you blame your brother? Hundred <laughs> percent. Quite right. Nothing to do with me, Gus. <laughs> Nothing to do no, with me. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, do you still keep in touch with, with Gerard now? Now and again, yeah. I mean, he's obviously got the the job at uh, Rangers, and he's doing unbelievably well. And I actually follow follow Rangers quite a bit, to be fair. And he's just he's. I think he will eventually get the the Liverpool job, which rightly so. When you were at Liverpool, it wasn't just Gerard that was in that dressing room. Suarez, Torres was he there? Yeah, yeah, Torres. I sort of got there that season where Torres had sort of made up his mind that he wanted to to go so he was sort of injured a lot of the a lot of the time but then Suarez came in and now uh, he, he gets a lot of stick than he really in everywhere yeah. but he's probably the best player I've I've seen all right John Joe I'll go one better and say when he first come in to how he was, you know, like, was the improvement there or did he have it straight away? He, the first day he megged Cara twice and like, <laughs> everyone was just, everyone was just like laughing and creasing and I think Cara, Cara tried to do him and he's done him, he's megged him again, but it was there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, uh-huh. I, he didn't, he, he, I think he scored on his debut and then literally just went to another level. But he, he yeah. was just like, he just had this thing inside him where he was just like, he just wanted to win so bad. Do you know what I mean? Like it hurt him. 
even in training, it would hurt him. Well, if he lost, yeah, it would hurt him. He just probably probably wouldn't talk, wouldn't talk, or get in his car and go home and things like that. And he just, he was just a different level. That's that winning mentality, ain't it? No matter what yeah. game you're playing, that is that's that winning mentality. On, on every, isn't every player in the Premier League like that? Yeah, I suppose they are, but I just think he had the he had that extra ability to go to go with it. Do you know what I mean? And he'd probably take it to heart if they didn't win, where he'd probably see it as his fault. Do you know what I mean? Where half the time it probably wasn't his fault. Was it tough to leave Liverpool and go to Swansea or was it quite an easy decision in the end? I didn't actually give it much thought. I just literally, I got, uh, I remember coming in back in first day of pre-season and, and there'd been interest during the summer outside the Euros 21s at England and I'd come in and there, there had been interest. I think Palace tried to take me on loan and then, but I wanted to, I needed to go somewhere and sort of like, not have to worry about, you know, if you have one bad game or you're still going to play, do you know what I mean? And I wanted to, I wanted to play every week and I'd add that at Cholton. So then when you go to Liverpool and you, 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 you play a game and then someone comes back from injury and that like, who's got a bigger name than you, they're straight back in the team. And even if you've done well, so I sort of wanted to come away from that. And so I didn't really give it much thought, but then, and then Swan, obviously Swansea come up and, and it sort of suited me the way I wanted to play football. And I was lucky to go there and have such a good manager in Michael Ladrop, to be fair. And he was he was a big big reason why I went there as well. Yeah, mate. Like, did he sell it? To, did he sell? It was it, it was there for everyone to see, wasn't it, for Swansea? Do you know what I mean? How well they played, and for you and how you play, it was going to suit yourself. So going there, the manager just put trust in you. Think right, like you say. If you have one bad game, don't worry about it. You're going to play the next and you're going to play the next game. So you've got to be a big part because you was a big part yeah. of that Swansea team, weren't you? Yeah, I actually asked when we actually went down for the, obviously to, to, to meet the manager and the chairman, like what, what the crack is, do you know what I mean? And he said that you're going to play near enough every week and, and luckily that's how it turned out. But um, he was just, Loudrop's probably one of the best managers that I've I've come across in terms of, the way he wants to play football, like, and the way that suits me, because I obviously hate getting the ball and passing the ball backwards or sideways. I hate it. So he he used to step in if someone would do that in training and say, "You pass the ball forward, always find the second line and, and stuff like that." He hate he hated it as well, and he used to join in in training and just take the piss out of people, and because he was obviously such a good footballer. Yeah. Was he better than some of the players there in training? Oh, 100%. He used to literally take it around three players and dink the keeper and things like that. And, and the guy could barely even move at that age, you know what I mean? But he was just different gear. So, obviously, you're confident, lad, John Joe, do you know what I mean? That's obviously, that's everywhere. Everyone can see that already. But going in there, did he have to give... Obviously, he's not going to give you confidence, but did he make your character grow by saying, right... Because we all seen you at 60-yard diags, mate. When you any team that does any analysis analysis on you can see that is he just saying right every time you get the ball pass it forward and go hit your zingers like yeah he just literally said to me just come in and play the way you play like there's a reason why I've gone and got you there's obviously 
I was quite, I'd say I was quite cheap at the, at the time. And, and I was going into a team that wants, wants to, to keep the ball and, and it, it definitely helped me. And the way he spoke to me and the way he made me feel was, was just different gravy. But going from Liverpool to Swansea was just such a big, like culture shock in terms of how things have run. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember going there and I had to, I bought my own plane ticket to go to, to meet up with a team on pre-season. Where, where to? At Liverpool to Holland. Oh, wow. I, I swear. And uh, like they were just flying that day and I was signing that day. And then I had to get the flight out of Cardiff the next day to go and meet them. And then um, I get to the hotel and like every, like normally you spit, it's a bit, it's nerve wracking, isn't it? Going into a new team and yeah. people, like, especially people you don't know. And I get mm. to the, the, the lunch table and all the lads are sitting down eating lunch and um he goes to Ashley Williams went to me uh, coming out tonight. Like, I'm obviously in in Amsterdam, and I'm like, yeah, it's my first day at the club, pal. Testing the water, ain't it? So like, they're all they've obviously all gone out, and then we've got. A, but there's a game the next day, a preseason friendly. Yeah. So, but it was one of them hotels where the lift, like, you can get dropped off in the car park down the bottom in the lift. Yeah. So. I mean, I got on the bus and found this out, and it was Gary Monk and Ashley Williams, and they're um, they're in the thing. Ash has got all leopard print like face paint on and that where he's been out and, and things like that. And he's up, he's going up in the lift, and um, loud drops going down for brekkie, like the day of the, the day of the game, and uh, yeah. loud loud drop just goes to him. Good night, was it? <laughs> <laughs> where you just don't where I'd gone from being at Liverpool and that just you d- doesn't happen do you know what I mean but so did you was, have to did you you know when you was there did you have to have keep you because it's easy and it do you know what I mean you go from Liverpool you being up there your standards demand is there yeah did you, you have to try and trap. keep that yeah I think I think you just fall in the trap and then I think I put on more like weight whereas it, they wasn't big on body fats and things like that, and yeah. and that it, it ends up catching up with you in in terms of your yeah. fitness levels and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, even when I went to the to the meet meet the lads at the hotel, with they give me the room key, and I've uh, you had to share rooms. Oh, and um, mm. I've gone up gone up to the room, and there's this, the the second like sub goalkeeper, a German fella called. Gerhard Tremel, and he's—he's. He's, I swear to God, yeah, he's smoking on the balcony, <laughs> smoking on the balcony. And I don't—I'm not into like smoking and things like that. But he's yeah. smoking on the balcony, and then he's come back in the room and he's gone, John Joe, what is the capacity at Anfield? <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck am I meant to know that, pal? <laughs> First day. First day. Never met him. I, I swear to God. I swear to God, mate. I, know. I swear to God. And then we uh, we played golf out there and I was in his buggy. Treble. He, yeah, he's chewed, chewed me ear off for about four or five hours, mate. And he takes so long to hit the fucking golf ball as well. <laughs> but he, he was actually like, a good lad, do you know what I mean? As you get to know him, you knew that like he's sort yeah. of character, and that's just the way he was. But he was, 
Did he, he smoke the rest a, of the trip? Experience. No, he's smoking all like a chimney, mate. Around <laughs> the golf course, everything. Oh, mate. Did, hey, did you, you have to sing? Where... Yeah, I sang Elvis, Suspicious Minds. <laughs> How horrible is that? I don't, honestly, uh, it gets talked about so much. It's awful, ain't it? Oh, uh, it's minging, honestly. It's, that's, that's why I've been at Newcastle for five years. Hey, is that, that why you just stay strong? Social... Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Now you're um, now with Twitter and social media and things like that, it gets plastered mm. all over the internet. Yeah, it's crap. So you, you, you just look like a bell end anyway. Uh, you don't yet, mate. You're up there, but, but I remember my first time singing, mate. I was sweating and all sorts. I think I practiced four or five times in the mirror, in my me, in me room. I swung, I, I, I sung Wonderwall at Swindon, right? Crap. And then I sung Stand By Me. I was then that's it. It stuck with me. Wherever I've gone, I've just sung that. Quick start to the verse, straight in the chorus, up and down. Perfect. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? Oh, mate. It's horrible. Are you a good Honestly, singer? Me? Nah. Some nah, of the so, I, I saw that lad from Hull. He's like the goalie or something. He had like an unbelievable voice. Or something. Yeah, but you don't. But oh, you don't want to hear them. You don't want to hear the good ones. You just want the crap. No, ones. you want the bad ones. You <laughs> yeah. want the bad ones. Um, you played with um with some some good managers there, Michael Loudrop. Just going back to Liverpool. Were were you there when the documentary was being made? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Brendan yeah. Rodgers was there then. Did, was that? Yeah. Was he sort of unfairly presented in that? Do you see what I mean? Was he a good manager for you at the time? Uh, he was. He was. He was a very good manager. I got nothing to obviously say bad about Brendan. He was. He was brilliant. He was. He. He'd been at Chelsea and and under Mourinho and the 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 sessions that he used to put on were 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 unbelievable. He was one of them where, you know, you, you know that you're not going to play at the weekend, but you were sort of like you've you've got something out of training. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Where you can go at other clubs, you other managers like you, they concentrate on the first team. Do you know what I mean? And that's where, where at Liverpool, he was good. You you got something out of training. A lot of managers get that wrong, John. Do you don't know? Do you know what I mean? The eleven, you don't really have to worry about. It's like the the just like the eight, nine, ten yeah, lads. You it's, the others, isn't it? Well, like growing up, you used to be you used to call it the bomb squad, didn't yeah. you? Where you'd be in, you'd be training on the Saturday morning. Then you have to go to the game, and obviously, it's a, it's an horrible feeling. But with Brendan, like he made everyone feel part of it, like they're involved. You know what I mean? And and like he was brilliant in terms of that, and he's doing very well, obviously at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. That's massive. Just like not just in the world of football, but in any company, in any sport, anywhere. Like that man, that level of man management is massive. I mean, yeah, I'm one of these that like, I'm not a good squad player to be honest with you. I I need to, I want to play football. I need to be playing football. But like, then I was getting something out of training. Mm. As long as you're getting something out of training and you feel part of it, even if you're not getting the minutes that you want on the pitch, like you you're still sort of happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that... So in terms of that, it was brilliant. Is that just because you like? I don't mean this in any way offensively, but like, if you're not playing, you obviously desperately want to play football, so you're not picked. Do you then just go, "Well, this is this is shit"? Like, footballers obviously got a tendency to just toss toss it off, if you like. Yeah. Like, I've, I mean, I've I've done it in the past. I'm, I mean, you you find out you're not playing on a Friday, and you just you you just fuck, you honestly you just fuck the training off. You 
you walk around, you sulk and, and things like that, where you you can't do that really. And that's something as I've got older, you you sort of learn and and you need to still be part of it. And and obviously, if there's a, a player playing in your position and he's doing well, you have to accept it, work harder, and and get yourself back in the team. That is um that is that is it, mate. Like the easy thing is to sulk, isn't it? The easiest thing is to sulk exactly. and just like it's even now you see it. It's just like come on, you need to you need to help the team. Being older, being older lad, and a seasoned pro and that, you see it more in the younger lads that you need to cement it into them. Yeah. Well that that's the thing. When I was young and even if I weren't playing at Swansea, I'd I'd my first phone call would be to my agent saying, Get me out of here, get me out of here. Oh, I've had enough of it and, and things like that and like you, you, you grow out of it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you, you sort of understand the game, and you have to obviously be there for your teammates at the end of the day. Yeah. What's Loudrop up to these days? Where is he? Uh, he's in Qatar. Well, he, last time I checked, he was in Qatar, and he, I, he tried to take me to Qatar. Really? Yeah. When he left, when he left Swan, when he left Swansea, but I think I was about twenty-four at the time, and there was a guy that I used to who I used to go to Foss last with down in Swansea, and he, he was very pally with with Loudrop and Loudrop rang him and said, do you think that John Joe would come? And he went, nah, he's, I think he's too, like, he's too young for that. And I'm yeah. like, you're fucking killing me, Iggy. It's a fucking moose guitar. <laughs> you want to go guitar, mate? Tax free. <laughs> fucking not wrong. It's a business, isn't it, at the end of the day? But does it become that? Does it, because obviously football's been your blood, it's your passion and all that, but ultimately it is a, it is a business. I, I love football, like, I, I, the day I retire, I won't know what to do with myself. But I think you have to look at it from another angle sometimes. And like, it is a business and it's a short career. You need to get in and as much money as possible. Get out. No one's going to remember you after football. No one cares about you after football. So at the end of the day, you need to, I need to secure my, my child, my children's future. Do you know what I mean? I want to give my, I want to give my children the the, the life that growing up I I never had. Do you know what I mean? So, and that is it, and that is what how people don't really see it as, and it's it's easy to say, oh, they earn this much, and you earn this much, and how much money do you need, and this that. Listen, if football clubs don't want you, you're out. Yeah, it's as correct. simple as that. You are out, and you're out in the cold, and there is no way coming back. So you can understand why players go. Well, do you know what? I'm going to pick up my money that you give me the contract for and I'm not going to go nowhere until I take all my money that secures me, my wife and my children's future. The way I see it is like you, the better you play, the more money you're going to earn. It's yeah. like, you know, you know, if you say you work in a car garage, the more cars you sell, the more money you're going to earn at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's just the way life works. Unfortunately, do you know what I mean? And that's just the obviously that's something as I've got older, like you sort of learn. And football, football is a ruthless sport. Mm. I mean, again, this is just going off the little bit of um, the chat that we're just having now, but also a few of the interviews I've seen you give in the past. And I'm going to be completely honest, right? I obviously haven't met you before this. Um, no, George loosely, um, your brother, but from listening to you talking there right I think that you are a completely different person to the person that sort of perhaps has been portrayed in the media right 
you're a real family man. You really care about your football and you really care about your football club, right? Do you think that you have been unfairly represented throughout your career or do you just completely shut yourself off from it? Because hearing you talk there, it's incredible. Hearing the, the love you have for your family and things like that and your roots. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I can see why I've been portrayed because obviously it all started from when I got a, a, a red card at Liverpool and and sort of had a pop at Fergie and, and, and things like that. And then I've you regret that? Like, John Joe, do you regret that? Uh, the way no, you reacted? It's, just, it's the way, it's, it's the character I am at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I, I apologise but... to him. Yeah, but the way you're saying, it. yeah, but the way you're saying now, obviously, that the media side, you just don't regret that you. What did you? What did you even say is, to him? The beat. I just obviously I'd caught a glimpse out of my eye that he was into the fourth official's ear, and then I don't think he was going to send me off. And then All right. the red, the red comes out, and then I've yeah. just gone over to him and said, "It's your fault. I got sent off." And yeah. um, but I see him after the game, and I, I apologise. But um, yeah. he just he just said to me, "Don't worry." I, I like it. Fair enough. No, it's a scrap. Yeah. No, but that's what I mean. So he gets, so you get scrutinised for that, John Joe, in the next, the, the coming years. So like you said, Ollie, the way he's presented in the media and stuff and nobody sees, and I don't know if you've not even told anybody that, you've gone to speak to Fergie and apologise and he's gone, no, no, I like that. I like that character. Yeah, I think like, yeah, I probably have been, uh, Badly, not badly, yeah, badly portrayed in 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 terms of in terms of in the media. But like, I'm, I don't know whether it's because I don't do a lot of interviews or or, or things like that. Or, but uh, to be honest with you, I don't I don't really care at the end of the day. It's, I don't listen to what goes on in in the media. I don't read your local newspapers and things like that. It's just I don't care as long as I'm impressing the people I've got impressed. My manager. And the the hierarchy at the club and my family, then that's it. But do you care when a city such staunch and loyal? You know, you've played for two of the massive football cities, Liverpool and now Newcastle. When the the fans are on your back and and it, and it's so it, they care so much about it. Obviously, you want to do well for them. So in the current situation you're in, I guess you must care in that sense, right? Yeah, I care about I care about the club. I care about when I played for Liverpool. I cared about playing for Liverpool. At the end of the day, it's a privilege to play for Liverpool. It's a privilege to play for Newcastle. But what the media saying, like that, that doesn't bother me. I, I mean, I will give my all for the the club that I'm playing for. And if I can improve the team when I'm come a Saturday or a Tuesday night, then I'm going to do that. At the end of the day, I'm doing a job that I'm fortunate enough to be doing and I love. So I, I care about the clubs that obviously I play for and the fans. But at the end of the day, uh, what what gets reported in the media and things like that, if you have a bad game or whatever, like I don't I don't listen to it. No, I mean, the hierarchy for them football clubs brought you in, mate, for you and your character, not for you to be turned into somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it hurts me being in this situation at this football club now because yeah. I know for a, I know how great the people are up here mm-hmm. like my miss my missus don't want to leave this this, this city but like she's happy to stay after football yeah. and live here for the rest of your life where I'm a I'm a homeboy do you know what I mean I want to be yeah, yeah. back home but it's such a beautiful place to bring your kids up and 
and things like that. But and I know what how much potential this club's got. Yeah. And I mean, you've been to you've played at St James's yeah. Park underneath under fifty two thousand fans, and mm. honestly, they are the best fans that I've I've played under. They are brilliant. And even around, even if you have a bad game, as long as you run around and 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 put that effort in, then that's all they ask. And they just they just want to see their club, obviously, do well. Yeah, do well and 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 progress. Do you know what I mean? And and that's that's why it's so disappointing at the minute. We got ten games, ten ten eleven games left. What can Newcastle do, or what do you need to do as a group, and that to to get out of the situation? You're not in the situation, John Joe. But do you know what I mean? You you you're near yeah. enough. Fulham are picking up results, and they've still got to win more games, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, what have I you mean, got to do as a club? I think we've got four games now yeah. uh, against teams that really we should be getting something from, no disrespect. Yeah. But it's it, all, it, all it comes down to is us sticking together. Mm. And I've been in this situation before at Swansea and, and places like that. And all you've got to do is just stick together and work hard on the training pitch and listen to what the, the gaffer's got to say and the coaching staff have got to say and we're gonna be, we'll be all right, and I firmly believe that. That's what I mean. That's massive for you, for you to say. Listen, I, you almost come out and say, "Look, I firmly believe that Steve Bruce is is the man to to keep this going forward." Then, for that 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 should su- supplement for people, the Newcastle fans, as you say, listening when they do or whatever, thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, John Joe's back in Steve Bruce to get us out of the situation, and the rest of the lads are staying as tight as possible." Then. Surely that that's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, with the with our, our Gaffrey, obviously gets he gets a lot of stick and a lot of online abuse and, and things like that. And but on no, no disrespect, he's he played over seven hundred and something games in the in the Premier League. He, he's won all sorts. He was captain of Man yeah. United. The man knows what he's doing. He's been there and done it. He's got the T-shirt. So as a football player, if he's my manager and he's done all of that and the way. He, he is with me. What well, I'm gonna bust my balls off working for him. Do you know what I mean? Why he's still in charge? And and do all, do do all the players have that mentality? Do you think within the club at the moment? Yeah, with that with our gaffer, hundred percent. He's been spot on. He's he's the best man manager I've I've worked under. Jake Livermore says managed, that. John Joe Livermore said that. The at, way, um, Paul. yeah. The way he manages people, like individuals, he knows how to speak to certain individuals. And for me, that's that's as a footballer, that's what I want want to work with. Well, you see the people in the city, right, on a regular basis. It's a city that clearly means a lot to you and your family now. Do, do you think that Steve had a sort of he didn't necessarily he had a standing start in a way because he he took over from Rafa, who was like adored by football and Newcastle. Yeah, I think it was always going to be hard to ever come in after Rafa. It don't matter if it was Brendan Rodgers or Jurgen Klopp. He was coming in after Rafa Benitez. It just got us straight back up from the from the championship, and and so it was always going to be hard in that sense. But like what people probably don't understand is that Agaf uh, Steve Bruce is he's a Geordie. He he knows what the club's about. He stood on them terraces. He knows what. He, What's expected, and and one thing even he says that if you're not if you're not having a good game, you fucking you you work your socks off, and he's he's big on the the stat side of it and how much we run and, and things like that, and 
if you don't run for him, you're not playing the next week. Yeah, that's that's massive, mate. And that's that. I suppose that leaves no stone unturned for him because him is that's that fan inside him thinking, right? I need my team to run, and then if they run for me, then I protect them constantly, no problem at all. Correct. As long as we're we're putting it in, he will always back us in terms of yeah. in the press and and things like. That. If if we're not, then we don't deserve to be backed at the end of the day in the press. You've lost um, Callum to injury, which, as you said earlier, is a blow. But you've got some talent in that squad. Sam Maximan, I mean, he's a real character to us as fans and fo- football watchers. Yeah. What's he like as a player? Is he is he class? Yeah, he's just he's different gravy. Like you just give him, you can just give him the ball, mm-hmm. and he just. I mean, sometimes he holds on for it for, for well too long, but <laughs> honestly, he's 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 unbelievable, and I think. He's got the ability to go and play for your Real Madrids and and teams like really? that without a foul. Yeah, without a foul. It's just he just obviously needs to. He's been a bit unlucky in terms of his hamstrings. Obviously, he's been injured and and things like that. But he he's loved up here. I mean, absolutely yeah. adored up here because he's that he's that player that like he's a flair player. Do you know what I mean? And he can just turn a game on his head. Is that the very same mate as Almiron? I'm not to that mm. that standard. Almiron's rapid, man, and it just feels like he's Mig- missing that end product, John Joe. Yeah, Miggy's. I think he's got. He's, he's improved so much in terms of his end product. He's obviously scored a few goals, and but uh, what one thing that Miggy brings to our team is the work rate. Yeah, like he set he he sets us going on that press and the way we're the way we want to play at the minute is that high higher press and honestly he's he's. You want to see stats after a game, mate. They're just Joe. ridiculous. Do you know what? When you get someone like that, that presses like that, boom, he goes, he just sets the tone. Then you just want to back him up, don't you? And he's such a like nice guy around the... around the. He's always smiling. Even today, like, yeah, I think we, we'd had the body fat test today and he's like 4.4%. Who's 4.4%? Yeah, I don't even know, mate. Not he's not sure, got an ounce mate. of fat on him or anything, but he's he's just a top lad. Yeah. The, the stats, though, right? I, I know a lot of um, football people who study the game, blah, 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 and whatnot. Do you guys as players, are you on top of, like, do you remember Moneyball, right? The baseball thing that came in. And I know that there's, yeah, yeah, like, day yeah, trying yeah. To, Is it like that in football now? I, only in, in terms of your physical data. Like, the, mm. we've, I think, growing up as a kid, like, it weren't like that back in the day. It was like even when I broke through, the football wasn't like that. They, you, it come down to obviously your, your three points, which it still does. But in terms of like how much you run in a game, your high intensity, your sprints, and things like that, people people look at that now, and people look at your body and and the way it is, and the game's evolving all the time. And I think if you don't buy into that, then you're going to struggle. Well, there's oh, there's no hiding place. The problem is because everywhere around the stadium now have got like the the stats cameras, aren't they? Are you yeah, see the pros are load, room. Yeah, loads of lads wear like the vests, don't they, under their tops now? Yeah. Think. So there's literally no hiding place. So if you're not putting a shift in at the end of the game, the stats come through. It's almost it's half embarrassing. Right, we played. We obviously played Leeds at St James's Park. The I think about a month ago now. And, that uh, Rodrigo fellow was in the middle, mate, and he just, he was like, he was planning to be playing centre midfield and he was just all over the place. And I said to him, Geese, can you just stand still for one minute? 
just because you're just running around like not nutcase. Do you know what I mean? But, Even like point, some of it was just pointless running. He goes, no. I must do, I must, I must do, I must do. My manager tells me I must do. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't play for Leeds. <laughs> Do you, um, just speaking of data, I heard a great story about Michu at Swansea. With, didn't you have sleep counters or something? Yeah, we we, um, used to, like, we used to get these bands that we had to wear at, at Swansea. And this is a good one, to be fair. We um, Everyone's obviously getting, yeah, eight, nine hours a night and and stuff like that. And then they put it all up on the board in the in the canteen. And then yeah. there was this player that, there was this player that went to bed at five o'clock every night for two hours sleep. He was playing PlayStation till five o'clock in the at night. But he would, but what he would do, he'd go home in the in the daytime, and he'd sleep until like seven, eight o'clock, and then he'd yeah. wake up and play, play PlayStation all through the night. You grew up in Romford, right, John Joe? Yeah, a place called Arrowdale. Did you go to the dogs growing up? Is that sort of where your yeah, love? Yeah, of... I still, still own, still own dogs. Do you? Yeah, my dad, my dad sort of looks after it all. To be fair, but I've got a couple up in up in Newcastle as well. And is that where the race? Like, did that yeah. move on to horses from there? Yeah, my 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 dad big 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 into his horses, and and my brother obviously my brother's a big big into his horses, and then but I think I got it from my my dad. To be fair. Do you watch the racing a lot though? Still, do you still enjoy it? Yeah, well, I I, uh, I come home from training every day, and the racing's on. Even if I'm not had a bet on it, I'll watch the horses and and things like that. But even when my when my dad's up here visiting me, it's literally racing finishes, dogs on. <laughs> That's what it's like. Honestly, it's mad. And have you had better luck with dogs or horses in terms of the ones you've owned? Oh, dogs. Yeah. Massively. Have you had any good dogs? Yeah, we've got a few. There's a there's one called Cubsy Eight. Um, this is a good good dog, and then there's uh, there's one up here called Longus Four, which I've got it with one of the lads at, at, at training. But um, yeah, we we do alright on the dogs. Do alright. And and horses? You had some with David Simcock, right? I had one for David Simcock years and years ago when I was first obviously got into it, and then we had one with Mullins, which it was called Galazzo. I don't know if you. Oh, is that we've had Jack Stevens had some of that? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think we like loads of players bought a bought a leg in. Yeah. It, and then I I sold my leg mate after the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then. Um, I've had another cut. I know there's what I used to be in one called um, Mook Haddam Way or something. But after I give it about three or four runs, and if it's not if it's not done anything for me by then, then I'm out. Of You've it. got to be patient. Some horses take see, plenty of time. No, I need I need to see I need to see winners, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you, you wouldn't want to be a national hunt racer. You got to wait till they're about five to see them on a race course. But um, last weekend, Chaz, we saw yeah. some great horses in action. Tiger Roll, the dual Grand National winner, was back. I'll, I'll be. I don't know yeah. what you you made of it, Chaz, but I was a bit underwhelmed by what he found off the bridle. Um, what did you What did you make of it? Yeah, he come there, mate, cruising. Do you know what I mean? But then you got to understand he didn't find nothing. But 
he's a stayer, mate. We're talking four miles for Chel- for do you know what I mean to for Aintree? What do you want him to do? Just turn a bit of speed on? Yes, he went out like a light, but let's try and find a little bit of positivity with it. We want him to run, don't we? We want him to run. We don't want to keep putting him putting him down. We want him to run in the national. Definitely, and his trainer Gordon Elliott actually said, "Look, a one." Look, not ideal the way he finished, but all systems go to Cheltenham where we're running the cross-country chase and then obviously go, fingers crossed, for a historic third uh, Grand National. They announced today, we record this on Thursday, that they're not actually moving the day of the Grand National um, to accommodate bookmaking, bookmaker shops opening on the Monday. So that's a bit of news that's come through today. Uh, the other performances from the weekend, Goshen, Chaz, he's right back in the champion hurdle mix now, and he? he was electric the other day. Mate, it was frightening. So good, so clean. Put them all to bed, one by 22 lengths. And you do, do you know what? Last week you did say all the stuff that he was, if he won or won in style, they'd be right back in the champion hurdle mix. And he certainly was. And you do have to look all the way back, mate. He should have won the triumph, shouldn't he? Let's be honest. It was a freak mistake, freak mistake that happened. It was brutal. Um, and he's come back. He's had his ups and downs. But listen, he's put that to bed right in time for the fi- like his final prep race to say now for the champion hurdle. And we was going on last week about the two mares, but he's right in the mix now. Did you see it, John Joe? As well, I watched the Gosham run, yeah. I had a little bet on it, to be fair. You must have been listening to Studs great, Up last great week. Great performance. He was yeah, my... Well, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. But the thing is... Just don't listen to me. The, the reason I did... We'll do the Studs Up double in, in a few moments' time. But the reason I did was because if there was to be one horse that could spring in the champion hurdle market, it was him. Because there was an excuse for last time out. And fair play to Gary Moore. Yeah. Because he's done all sorts to get that horse back on song and it's worked. And then you saw more of what we saw in the triumph from him than we did, obviously, when he bombed out at Cheltenham the time before. But on his day, he's mustered that horse. He's electric. And I don't think anything will be able to stop him because he's just handbrake off. He's like Almiron. Just <laughs> just runs. <laughs> um and then Champ as well. I don't know whether you saw Champ, John Joe, but Chaz, did you see Champ? He was running over two miles a, sh- a trip too short of his, his best, but he ran a blinder. Yeah, I was, I've was. got to be honest with you, Matt. I was cursing I was cursing your name because Champ, this, that, and the other, cut, dropped back in trip, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw, I thought, oh, I went back in there. And then all of a sudden he comes right in, for, right in the mix. So your name was getting cursed. Look, he'd done so well. He'd done what was needed stretch the legs and getting himself ready for for Cheltenham. Would you side with him in the Gold Cup on the back of what you saw there? Be hard not to, but it's, it's tough. The Gold Cup is tough, you know. Looking at it, it's, there's a lot of lot of horses coming in to to make their name for you. Got to think album photos on for free, mate. Do you know what I mean? Let, that's what's he's like almost a forgotten horse. He's won two Gold Cups and he's almost a forgotten horse. It's crazy. Um, John Joe, do you have a view in the Gold Cup at this stage? I haven't actually looked at it to be fair. I've only I looked at the I like Kill Crew in the bumper on the yeah, and I also like Soaring Soaring Glory. Yeah, the winner of the um the 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 yeah, the the O'Neill one. Yeah, he like he bolted up the other day. He's um he's going to head yeah for the Supreme Novices, the first race on the card, the Skybet Supreme, which won't have the customary it, rule. Yeah, it's about seven to one, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. a talent, very talented horse. Um, the, the Supreme will yeah. kick it all off. Um, can't wait for that. And just finally, before we move on to the uh, the half-time whistle, although it's probably more like three-quarter-time whistle this time around, <laughs> pre-COVID, would you go racing a lot? 
Yeah, no, I, I went to Aintree a few years ago and then um, obviously been to Cheltenham a few times, but um, where I'm so far away up here, it's hard to get to the big, the big events mm. and the tra- well, obviously with the training schedule and things like that. But I just go to the um, the night racing over at Newcastle a lot. Any of the other lads go with you? Yeah, yeah I've took the, the a few of the lads before. We we got a box and that there and and sit there and have a have a punt and but um, it's hard obviously with the, with the with the games and and things like that. It's it's just hard and but um, yeah, I, I like going over to Newcastle. Decent. It's a big weekend of racing at Newcastle this weekend, actually. The Ida Chase, which back in the day was a Grand National trial. I don't think we're going to see any Grand National horses, but that's over four miles plus. It's a, a bit of a slog, but um, decent card at Newcastle. And normally it would have a decent crowd attend it, but obviously in these circumstances, no race goes. So I hope you can enjoy it at home. Uh, it will be on ITV this weekend. Right, that is half time. So that means the half time whistle's blown. And Charlie, time for your rant. I haven't really got a rant this this week. I'm going for something different. On Monday, Monday, Boris come out and said, obviously people can and fans can come back to football stadiums, which is great. I was on a certain radio show and the talk was an unfair advantage for fans coming into the last Premier League game of the season. I don't really I don't really get it. Like you've had thirty seven games to to deal with it. If it comes down to the last game, so what? But just embrace, obviously, the fans coming in, back into the stadiums. Embrace the situation that that's going to happen. It's not going to be such an unfair advantage. If anything, the home side, if the pressure's on, you'll get that more with the fans being in the stadium. Yeah. Is your last game of the season, John Joe, at St. James's? No, it's at Fulham away. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean, John Joe? You see, I'm looking, like, say, for example, it just come down to that. Like, Fulham are going to feel the pressure. They have home fans in there, no? You're thinking going to spoil the party. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, but I just can't see the point in in fans coming back this season if they're not going to, it's, it's going to be an unfair advantage. Do you think it is? I just, I just think, like it obviously falls down to what what game your last game is at the end of the day, yeah. and I mean I don't really have an, uh, too much of an opinion. On it. I want football fans back, yeah. but I just think you either wait or or bring it in sooner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah fair one. Um, so not the typical Charlie Austin rant, but still a point worth talking about. And and now just before yeah. we kick off the second half. We do a studs up hat trick each week. So we ask our special guest, which in this case is the the footballer for Newcastle, John Joe Shelby, as I'm sure you've all worked out by now. <laughs> uh, anyway, we ask him three questions. Uh, the first question, John Joe, this week's studs up hat trick is who is the the best player you've played with in your career? I'm going to have to say Luis Suarez. He's just a joke. Obviously, we spoke about him earlier and he's just, honestly, he's just different, different gear. He'd win us games at Liverpool. On his own, he was just unbelievable. Even went to, when he went to Barcelona, he just kept producing them levels, and he still is to this. Is he a nice bloke off the pitch? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was sound. I mean, I remember um, I, I'd left, and I just he, there was an article in the Daily Mail about him. He'd just signed a new deal at Liverpool, 
And then the first thing he did, he went to Costco's and bought a load of Corona. And I just thought, yeah, a legend. <laughs> the next question in the hat trick is, who's the biggest influence on your career? Uh, probably my dad. Probably my, my dad. He's always been the 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 the, the one that I always look to for advice and and things like. That. I mean, sometimes he can be annoying with the way the way criticizes me and things like that but he's obviously he's a he's a a licensed pro licensed coach himself but he's uh he's always been the one that uh my i speak to straight after a game and i mean till this day i'm 29 now and 30 in a couple of days and he's no no sorry i'm 28 now and 29 in a couple of days and he's um he texts me every morning saying are you in training yet and it's like no dad i've not gone to training today but um, and then he and then he he asked me what what I do after tra- what I've done in training and things like that. And yeah. Did he push you when you was young, just... John Joe? Yeah, he he did. But like like you know you know growing up, uh, all your mates are down the local park, yeah, graffiti and drinking. Yeah, you're there there with your your girlfriend and your girlfriend's mates or whatever, and you're indoors watching football. Yeah. matches and waiting preparing for the next game and stuff like that so i missed that my my childhood but then like looking back at it my dad was doing that for a reason and yeah. and it's paid off do you know what i mean so no, obviously i owe a lot to him and the final question to complete the hat trick this week is the most embarrassing moment for you in your career is there one probably getting sent off for newcastle against tottenham uh for stamping on Alley. Uh, just because we was in the game and like I felt like we could win the game and I felt like I'd let the team down and the fans down so much and I remember I put a, 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 a like a message together on the group the lads group chat and just literally apologised sincerely for it for what I'd done and, and I just felt like I'd let the club down so much did you you know when you were doing that, he caught because yeah. you just caught in the moment, like just red mist. When I, you done I it still, while. still, still to this day, I don't even know why I done it because I was having a good game and mm. like I don't, I, I still don't know, and and it's just one of them things you just learn from and uh, move on from. But like that night, I just locked myself in my bedroom and didn't speak to anyone. I just felt like I'd let the club down so, so much. What was the players' reaction to your message, mate? They just said like not to worry. Like this, it was the first game of the season, oh, so like they said we've still got a long season. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we're um, like just forget about it. Let's just keep going. And and you know, I'm sure you'll win us games this year. So that was it. Oh, so I was thankful that they sort of accepted it. Chaz, your reaction there was fantastic. You're like, oh, that's fine. First game of the season. Don't worry about that, mate. Yeah, well, not, yeah, because obviously there's plenty. There's plenty. There's obviously 37 more games to go. Like this one is, but but the thing is your teammates need to like react well to it because if they get infuriated and annoyed with you because obviously you got sent off and because John just saying they was in the game and he was playing well and sometimes it can go the different way and then they then trust creeps in saying hang on a minute well I think it's it's worse you know when you get sent off and the and the you're you're drawing the game or you're winning the game and you end up losing the game yeah you just feel like a complete and absolute mug yeah. And I I sent a text. Rafa was in charge, and I sent a text to Rafa after the game, saying like, "I'm so like I'm so sorry," and all this. Yeah. And uh, 
like he accepted it and literally I found myself out of the team for a good few weeks which yeah. took on the chin and yeah yeah probably like basically yeah because we'd end up losing the game and I text the gaffer saying like I'm sorry because I know how much we was in the game and we would I felt that we was we was going to win that game yeah. and I'd just let the let you your coaching staff and the club down what did you do mate if you got taken out of the team for a couple of weeks what did you do to get back in did you get back in for your hard work on a training pitch and that yeah I, I'm one of these that if I'm obviously not involved or not playing or I've done something wrong then I I go to town on yeah. on my body like I yeah. literally I come home from training and I go out and, and run 5k yeah. in the evenings do you know what I mean and, and, and I probably do too much to my body yeah. But I just feel that's the only way of me getting myself back in that in that team. That goes some way from going, like you said, it's quite easy to do the sulking wise. And then obviously you learned so much for your career. Then that moment for what you've had to do to get back into the team, your training, that's hard enough. Then coming home and then going to run 5K just for your mental side and for your body and stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be playing. So I felt like I need to go and do something that's the equivalent equivalent for me playing at the weekend. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been bought off in games before. And it like even like uh, a night game, I, I remember playing for Swansea and I got bought off for uh, 45 minutes because we was losing the game 3-0 and I weren't having a good game. So I waited till the end of the game obviously drove home and I went out and done a 10k run like Did I you? just played 45 yeah I just played 45 minutes but I just felt like that I needed I needed to do it this is a side of you that I think lots of people um yeah man yeah. will be really impressed by do you know what I mean like I get called the busiest unbusiest professional at the club do you yeah Matt, you no know, one Matty expects is it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Matty. Matty calls me the unbusiest, busiest professional. Because <laughs> some true, weeks, because like... some weeks I'll go and play golf after training three times a week, two times a week, and then sometimes I'm like going out doing five k's. Do you know what I mean? Hey, speaking of the golf, did yeah. you join? Because it went out, did it? The picture, picture that you played in the club competition was that at your local at your local club no, at Newcastle? I played, I played in the. I got fingered to play for the county. So this Where? is a good story. The At county, Newcastle? The county, yeah, North, Northumberland County. I played, Go I, on. I'm a member, I'm a member of Northumberland County Golf Club. And yeah. um, so we went up to play south of Scotland and I'm on the first tee and some geezers took a picture and literally 20 minutes later, it's in the, I think it was in the Sun newspaper that John Joe Shelby's got more appearances for Northumberland County Golf Club than he has for the, for Newcastle uh, United. Wank. So I just mm. laughed at me head off. And then, so I'm playing a fella that's played on the Euro Pro Tour. And I'm like, so everyone's having like, so you, what you do is you get there, yeah. you have nine holes in the morning as a warm up. Then you have your, they, they call it soup and sandwiches and, and stuff. But I had a burger and a pint of Guinness. <laughs> and then I've gone out, then you go out and play your 18 holes. Yeah. So I've gone out and played my eight holes. I'm level going down the last. Yeah, this is with a fella that plays in the he played in the Euro Pro Tour. He's um he's home course, and he it's a par five. He eagles it. I birdie it. Yeah. I swear to God, I was fucking raging. I didn't shake. <laughs> I didn't shake his hand or anything. I just got in my car and drove straight back here. Did, wait, did he did, did he eagle? Did he make the putt to win? 
Or did you yeah. did you? No, I'd I'd like lagged my, my I lagged my eagle part up thinking oh, I'm gonna go to a playoff here. So I birded it, and he's like held like a seventy foot putt, mate. I swear to God, I was fucking raging. I just got, <laughs> I, got, I got I got I got in the car, drove home, picked my kids up, and went to Alton Towers and just sat in my room in Alton Towers. Would golf be something you'd think though, about? Yeah. Um, after football, like Shevchenko tried yeah. it, Bullard, and you're off scratch, right? Yeah, I love my golf. I mean, I've obviously got putting mats and stuff like that downstairs in the house, and like I've always played golf. Like it's something that even in the summer, like I'll go on holiday with the the family, and I will always rent a villa, and we'll the misses and the and that they take the kids out to the water park or whatever, and we go and we go and have thirty six holes me and my dad and everyone and every day and that's what well, that's just the way it was and you just sort of get better and better didn't you so i've sort of got myself down to scratching and, and played a few tournaments and things like that so i'll try and give it a go but what are you like in the 19th mate any good yeah i'm, I'm decent in the 19th to be fair <laughs> we played we was in dubai we was in dubai and well there was the best shot best round i've ever had and we played the the Faldo at the Emirates and I had yeah. I think it was four under. I was four under around there off the back tees and um <sighs> my like we as to celebrate like I had an excuse for the misses. I was like I've just shot the shot my best round of my career. I'll be back later tonight about half ten. <laughs> <laughs> class man. What about um like in your career, have there ever been any players that you think have like just been massively underrated, like absolute ballers that just don't get the recognition they deserve? Both both of you. You just need thinking time, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't, do you know what? It's tough, you know, because like John said earlier on, yeah, the better you do, the more recognition you get. And the more recognition, it's a bit different now. Everything, every training session's filmed. Yeah. Every game's filmed. So if you do a bit something decent in training, it can you can put it on your Instagram or the club can put it on their Instagram or Twitter or something like that. I love playing with Cranchar, yeah? I played with him for two years at QPR. He was a joke, man. And I know he he did get recognition, but for me, he was he. I'd love to play them years before. He could play both feet. He was unreal for Croatia when obviously they beat England in 2008. He was just... He was just someone that I don't think got the recognition that he should have. Mine would probably be uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. Uh, I used to, to uh, yeah, he was just technically one of the best best I've seen. Like in training, the things he used to do and and stuff like that, and he gets hammered now. But uh, when mm. he, obviously at Everton, but he's a uh, he's some honestly some some player. Yeah, you can see that, can't you? I think you can see I think you can see that in him. He, he's he's at Everton. It's surprising obviously that he's not getting it. They are on the up Everton, big to, big star. They are fighting for that for that top six as it is. There's so many teams mm. in there. You're surprised he's not being a big big player for them. I know you've got Hammers Rodriguez, Allen's in there, Decore, Calvert Lewis doing really well, but he fits in that, don't he, really? Yeah, I think he just offers that that Class, that bit of class and he's obviously got and he works his absolute socks off as well yeah. and I just don't think they've, they they play him in in his right position but I mean we played him the other week and we sort of done a job on him to be honest, to be honest with you 
and he's playing centre midfield, and he's he's not a centre midfield player. He's a he's a number ten. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was going to be your turning point. Then you know, but knowing you played Everton, you beat him two 0 Yeah, then we then we didn't back it up though against Palace, where we should have won the game, and mm. then we had I think we had something like twenty seven shots or something like that, and then we then we beat Southampton, and then you think, yeah. oh Jesus, we're 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 gonna get going here, and then. Obviously, we've had two difficult games the last two games. Manu and Chelsea. Um, right, in a few moments, John Joe, I want you to give us your Cheltenham anti-post selection. But um, as we always do on the Studs Up podcast, we are going to have the Studs Up double. Before that, I'm just going to let you know about the weekend's racing action from Kempton's and Graded Hurdles. Uh, we talked about the Ida chase at Newcastle. There's action on the flat as well from Lingfield. And this week's Skybet offer is for Cheltenham for the Cheltenham Festival, and it's a generous one because it's money back if you lose on the opening race of the festival, the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle, £10 maximum refund. John Joe gave a good mention to Soaring Glory, who's going to be in that. There are a few terms and conditions which my producer tells me I have to read out. It's first bet only and win singles or win part of each way singles only, free bets and cashed out bets excluded. Terms and conditions are on the Skybet website. You've got to be 18 or over and be gambleaware.org is a very important website to check out. So that is the uh, the Skybet offer dealt with. What about the Studs Up double? Chaz, do you want to go first this week? Yeah, and I can only apologise to our listeners. The money was there for New Tide, but just you couldn't get it done, could it? But it's a good shout, that, because it was 14 to 1 when you tipped it up, and I think it went off 11 to 2. And if you back 14 to 1 shots that go off 11 to 2, you're going to win in the long run. So well done. I thought it was a good shout, despite the fact that it didn't get anywhere near the finish. Yeah, and let us down. Cheers, mate. Thank you. It's not the point, and sometimes well, but... you can get caught up in that. Anyway. Yeah, that's very true. Right, this week, mate, I'm going for in the 335 at Kempton, double shuffle. 11-year-old, I know, but course form, and I think course form at this stage and at Kempton, etc. I think it's very important, and for me, I'm going for double shuffle. And Double Shuffle was a good winner last time out. And he's got, as Charlie says, excellent course form. So I'm going for a horse that's never raced at Kempton before, but who's not had <laughs> he's not had much racing. Mine's a much shorter price than Chaz's. Mine's Tritonic in the 225 at Kempton. But the way this horse picked up after jumping the last out, the back of the last at Ascot last time out, he picked up really well in the style of a very, very good horse. He's trained by Alan King, who does well with juvenile hurdlers. Uh, he's won the triumph in the past with the likes of Catchy and whatnot. And I think Tritonic looks a cut above his rivals in that race. That's the 225 at Kempton, the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle, which is a grade two over two miles. So that's the studs up double, double shuffle and Tritonic. Hopefully in episode five, we can get on the board. We've hit the crossbar a few times, but I think that this weekend is going to be our yeah. weekend. Uh, we have got an ever-growing stable of Cheltenham anti-post selections from our special guests. And now it is time for John Joe Shelby to tell us which horse he's looking forward to most at the Cheltenham Festival. Mine's Kilcrew. I mean, I watched it at Leopardstown not long ago and it was just... I mean, I watched the, I watched the race back earlier, obviously, when I found out I was coming, coming to do this. And he was just... Watching it back was just something else. He's just some horse and... Obviously trained by Willie Mullins, and I think it'll uh, it'll win. And obviously like soaring glory because I backed it the other day. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's two. That's two. Um, that's two solid things. You know, he's got soaring glory in the supreme, and then kill crit. I think both of them you can't be, you can't not fancy them. 
Kilcrew is a big, big fancy for for most punters. I think going uh, going into Cheltenham week, and then Soren Glory could kickstart what could be a, a great week for punters. Fingers crossed. That's obviously the price. The price is obviously short on on Kilcrew, but I think there's good value for for Soren Glory. I mean, I don't know many places they're playing. Well, Charlie's put out a call for about 98 places in the champion hurdle on last week's podcast. So if you want to ask for about 58 places, I'm sure they'll, they'll listen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just asked for five places in the champion hurdle. That's all. I wouldn't ask him for nothing else. The interesting point with Kill Cruitt is who's going to ride him because Patrick Mullins rode him last time and amateur jockeys can't ride at the festival. So it'll be interesting to see who Willie Mullins calls upon. But one thing's for sure, he's, uh, he's an undoubtedly a, a hugely talented horse. So we'll add him and Soaring Glory to the list and we'll update the list as we lead up to Cheltenham. Um, we've got, what, two or three weeks now, I think, before the festival. So we'll um, we'll announce the full list before the festival uh, in the middle of March. Anything else to mention, lads? I think that's it, isn't it, Chaz? What have you got at the weekend? Who, who are you playing? Uh, Birmingham away. Big game for us. The, another team around Birmingham. us. Oh, pitch is going to be heavy. Like, you know what you're going to get. Do you know what I mean? If one, one, one goal could do it for us but look we've got a backup from how we've been getting on that that's the most important thing we've been winning games and that's what we could continue to do and that's what you've got to do if you want to move up the league and the championship and try and get into them playoffs and John Joe what about you what have you got this weekend uh, we've got Wolves at home uh, 8 o'clock on Sky I think it is and it's my birthday as well that same day so is it oh birthday goal John Joe goal oh love that I think um, I think it's fair to say that I hope that lots of people who have watched or listened to this podcast brought to you by Ozcheck and the Sky but will be cheering you and Newcastle on in light of what you've said because it's mm. clear that the passion just absolutely burns bright to 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 stay in the league with Newcastle and I'm sure there will be a lot of Newcastle fans listening to this. So the final word, I guess, John Joe, is, is what would your message be to the fans that are listening to this? Uh, just obviously to keep keep getting behind us and um, obviously I know it's difficult times and and at the end of the day the, all the Newcastle fans look forward to is, is us playing at a weekend or a, or a midweek game and we're trying our, trying our best. It's not obviously a, an easy league but we're, we're, we know the situation we're in and we're going we're gonna to keep fighting for our lives for it and, and we know that we want Premiership, premiership football next season. I mean, no one... This club should never ever never ever be in the championship with the the fan base and the players that are here. So we're gonna just keep going and going. I think that's I think that's well said, mate. I think that's massive. I'll just wish you, Steve Bruce, and the rest of the lads a a big one fighting on Wolves at the weekend. Happy birthday for you for Saturday. Go get three points, mate, and uh stay in the Premier League because you and Newcastle deserve to stay there, pal. Thank you very much. All the best to you. Thank you, mate. Thank you for coming on, mate. Thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, I hope I hope a lot of people do listen to this and show that uh, how much you do come across as a real nice guy. Top man. John Joe, happy birthday for the weekend. Good luck against Wolves. Thank you for joining us on Studs Up. Chaz, as always, best of luck to you, mate. You're in a rich vein of form, so keep that up. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in, liked, subscribed, watches or listens to us. Uh, and that is another uh, edition of Studs Up Done and Dusted. We'll see you next time.